WWF, what the world is watching. Let me give you spineless cockroaches and you beer belly sharecroppers a little lesson in history. After the WrestleMania 4, it's the first time you people ever saw me and they saw what I can do. They saw the devastation that I brought to those spineless cockroaches there. The gate went down. That's right, the gate went down. That pompous windbag, the president of the WWF, Jack Tunney, has done everything in his power to keep me from getting a championship match. That's right. First it was on that Randy Macho Man Savage. He did everything to protect him. He put Elizabeth in front of him. And now he's got this Hollywood Hogan who thinks he's a big-time Hollywood movie star. He's got the belt, and he don't want to get into the ring with Bad News Brown because he knows I show no mercy and I take no prisoners. Now, 24-inch podcast. <laughs> we are back. The gang is all here. Summer vacation. We got Paula. We got Dave. Out for summer. Yes, in the words of Alice Cooper, school is out. Uh, I wish work was out. <laughs> Dave wishes work was out. We're all here. 24-inch podcast. Season 3, episode 8, the 39th edition of 24IP. Dave, what are we doing tonight? Tonight, we are going to my backyard, the Meadowlands Arena, the Brendan Byrne Arena, the Isaac Center, Continental Arena, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Hulk Hogan uh, taking on, this is not during his title reign, but he's taking on the one and the only, the master of the ghetto blaster, brother, Bad News Brown, one of the greatest heels of all time in the WWF. So uh, we're going to have a little fun there and a little war bonded action. Looking forward to it, love. And I'm, yeah. I can't wait to give the history of that war bonnet because I'm the only one that knows. Looking forward to talking about the war bonnet with Dave. I don't know, probably. I don't know much about the war bonnet, so I'm excited for Dave to school us. Yes, Paula. Well, all the Hulkamaniacs out there rule. (laughs) All the Hulkamaniacs rule? (laughs) All right, let's talk about summer because it's summer vacation before we get to the show. Dave, what, uh, what are you up to on summer vacation so far? Of course, we're not on vacation as adults, but what are you doing with your summer so far? Well, so far, June kind of, like, until recently, didn't feel like the summer to me this year. Like, it felt weird. It felt like we were, like, stuck in, like, late April. I had, like, that kind of vibe. So I was just doing, like, my normal, what Hollywood Dave Rollins does, normal normal kind of stuff. But um, it's starting to um, feel summery now. I did a, um, I took off yesterday, did a concert in the park uh, right here in Carnegie. But today's my mom's birthday. And so I took her there yesterday with a few friends of mine. There's an 80s band, all these girls dressed up in 80s clothes and stuff. And um, I got, and uh, you know, I got a couple concerts coming up. 
Uh, Guns N' Roses this summer, right? This summer, Guns N' Roses. I might do Metallica. I'm actually going to see Boy George just for the the hell of it, just for fun, you know, because he's from the 80s. Good good stern Uh, guest. There you go. And and feud with Vince Neil, and I'm still going to see him. Well, I go see Guns N' Roses, so. Paul, Paul, what are you up to this summer? So, first thing first, we're going to go. You got to talk into the microphone. First thing first, we're going to go to Splash Lagoon. Splash Lagoon, okay. I'm going to go to Beach tomorrow. Beach tomorrow. What else? You got a summer concert this summer, right? We'll see. Yeah, you're going to see Mammoth WVH. If the nerds come back here, um, you know. Yeah, the nerd Dave. There's a, a band called uh, Nerds. The Nerds. I think it might be just called the Nerds, but basically what you've seen yesterday, like an '80s cover band. They dress oh, up. Oh, the like, Nerds. Yeah, the yeah. Nerds are very, very famous. Yeah. And they like show. Like if they do that, we might do that. These guys aren't famous though; they're just local Buffalo jabronis. They're just an '80s cover oh, band. Oh, different, ner- different nerds. Though. Yeah, just I, I think every city's got one right now. It's really popular. Oh, okay. You know, they dress we've up. Had, in, we've had ours for years. They you dress, mean they're old now. Yeah, they dress up in neon costumes that look like the '80s, and you yeah. know, they sing Jesse's Girl and um, yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff. So Paul these guys actually them. dress up like Bob nerds. So do these guys. We're Mike. We're have another trip, I think. Okay. We, we're still deciding that. We okay. might do it. We Lorelai might come to our house or we might go to her. Our friends from Pittsburgh, yeah, yeah. we might yeah. So that'd be good. So everyone's got a nice summer vacation planned. I got Pearl Jam, but not till the fall. So Where's uh September. Wolfie playing out there? Uh, he's playing right on the water, right on the waterfront. It's actually a um uh who's that band uh with Tremonte? Um from Creed. The Creed band that isn't Creed. What are they called? Alter Bridge. Alter Bridge. I think he's supporting them. Okay. Um, so we'll just go for Wolfie and then bounce out of there. Because I, I, I guess Alter Bridge is good. I just, it's not for me. But um, I hear they're great. Yeah. Yeah. Good for Edges, them. They do Edge's Edge song. I like that song. Yeah. So um, it's their show. Wolfie was in that band uh, for a while back in the day. And now he's supporting them uh, with Mammoth WVH. So that's kind of what we got going on. Um, this summer day. Before we move on and start the show, I wanted to ask you, and I know Paul has watched some too. The we talked about it a few shows ago. Promising season of uh, Dark Side of the Ring. We've seen what five or six of them now. What do you think so far? I'm I'm enjoying it. Uh, yeah, very much, uh, very much so. I think the uh, the Tammy and Chris probably the best one. That was so very far. good. That was very yeah. good. Yep. Uh, but they've all been good, even though, um, you know, I don't know too much about them. Uh, Magnum TA was good. I remember the magazines, you know, even though I didn't watch NWA as a kid, you know, the magazine covers, you know, the tragic car crash, you yep. know, show the car, you know. So I do remember that happening. That was a good one. You know, the Junkyard Dog, a little bit too much race baiting for me, but I'm a big Junkyard Dog fan, so it was nice to see him get some props there. Uh, you know, people don't mention him enough anymore. The I like the Florida one a lot because I knew nothing about their story, really. You know, the Grams down in Florida. I thought that was oh, really the Grams, interesting. Yeah, of yeah. course. I was hoping for a little more Dr. Jerry Graham in there, but uh, not really too much. But uh, that was a go. Well, they were all good. And, and of course, uh, Matt Bourne. Yeah, Matt Bourne was great. Paula's driving me nuts here. She wants the things turned down. She wants them turned up. I need to tell Daddy something really cool. What do you need to tell me? Just tell me on the air. Okay. What? See how important it was? You can't even remember, I remember. it. I remember. Okay. I want to um, talk about one of my favorite um, matches. Okay, go ahead. Um, What's one of your favorite matches? Hogan. Okay. I oh, know. I'm at. 
See how important this was? Okay, The Undertaker. Undertaker. Yeah. Versus, what's his name? Mankind. Mankind. Yes, it was the 25th anniversary yesterday. Good job bringing that up, Paula. Very good. 25th anniversary yesterday of the Hell in a Cell, uh, Mankind versus Undertaker, where he throws him off the top of the cell. One of the sickest bumps um, in wrestling history. I remember exactly where I was. I was in Syracuse University. Um, I graduated high school, had about seven or eight days off, and then had to go to a summer, a four or five week summer program to satisfy my admission requirements to Syracuse so I could get it paid for. Um, and I was there. It was the, I was there. I think I got there like on Thursday. So I was, it was like my fourth or fifth day there. And I remember being so bummed out that that's the first day I was really homesick because I couldn't watch the wrestling. I remember calling my buddies and they're like, yeah, man, mankind got thrown off the cell and he, he practically died. And then I finally seen it a couple weeks later. But Dave, I know it's not in your era necessarily, but any thoughts on the 25? Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, 98, I wasn't watching WWF at all, just strictly WCW. But uh, my cousin Don, uh, rest in peace, has a um, had the Scrambler box. And me and his daughter, Jackie, and all our friends were uh, getting ready to go to the Meadowlands Fair. Isn't that something? That's our, our show tonight is at the Meadowlands. They have a fair out there and a lot. And so we had it on the background as, you know, we're getting a pregame and having a few beers already, uh, getting ready to go to, over to the fair. And, you know, and you know, we have the wrestling on, you know, but, you know, we're not paying attention like we would if it was WCW in 98. But um, I, then we're like, what the hell? <laughs> What's happening here? You know, then it was just like nobody's moving. Our, our eyes are glued. You know, we, we were late to get into that fair uh, that, that day. I mean, that's something that can never be duplicated, so you can, it's kind of bittersweet in some ways. Uh, I don't think he should have done that to himself, uh, you know, having a family and, chil- uh, that's family his and children. Yeah. Nobody forced him, for thing. sure. He was so, forcing uh, everybody else's hand, actually. Yeah. You know, he was so, he was forcing McMahon and them to agree to it. Yeah, uh, Undertaker didn't yeah. want to do it. Vince didn't want him to no. do it, you know. Well, the second one was a mistake. The second one was a mistake, yep. Um, your cousin Jackie, I think I've seen her pictures. On Facebook and stuff, she got the looks in the in the family. I think. Oh, thank you. Is she much. a listener? <laughs> uh, I don't believe so. Oh, too bad. I was gonna give her a what's up, Jackie. You know what I mean? Uh, you you know never know. Maybe yeah, yeah. yeah. hey, Jackie. <laughs> I like those pictures in Notre Dame. Looking good. Uh, Paula. Ooh, Daddy has a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I got I got many girlfriends, baby. Especially on the internet, all the babes want me on the internet. <laughs> what uh? What else did you want to say about that match? What are your? Uh, I really liked it because, like, I really liked it because it was like Undertaker. I kind of like because he's like Wednesday Adams. Okay, it reminds you of Wednesday, kind of that spooky vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and the one thing that I don't like about him is that he's really creepy. He is creepy. Yeah, Wednesday's like he doesn't blink, but on like she doesn't blink, she doesn't smile. But she's not that. One thing I'll say about that bump is that's my go-to when someone is like, you know wrestling's fake, right? Like, it's so stupid. It's so chintzy. They know how to fall. I always show them that. <laughs> you yeah. know? It's like they shut up quick. There's if no... he hit his head on that guardrail. Yeah, he might not be with us. Yeah. Dangerous. Mankind. That's a dangerous bump he took going off the top of the cage, don't you think? Scary stuff when he hits the sound of him hitting that table and the table collapsing. 
Yeah, wild. Wow, 25 years ago. doesn't seem possible. My goodness. Yeah, an iconic call from JR, too, who didn't know, was just calling it fresh, you know, which is probably good that they he didn't know. They killed him. My God, yeah, they killed him. They killed him. <laughs> As God is my witness, he's broken in half. Uh, iconic night. But speaking of iconic nights, we got an iconic iconic night to talk about here. The Meadowlands, 1987 or 88. Dave, why are they televising this show tell the fans well uh they had a contract um this this was the last year for that contract i think because uh oh, maybe 89 yeah 89 too probably yeah i but think they, they did 89 yeah 90 90 it stopped but uh they, they had to have uh 12 shows on the msg network 12 you know they're in, in the contract but uh there was no august show late august because SummerSlam was there that's on pay-per-view you can't show that on the msg network so a week, a week and a half uh, later, they televised this uh, Meadowland show uh, instead in place of uh, what would have been the August MSG house show. Beautiful. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll come back. We're going to read the bio of the Meadowlands, talk about the iconic arena. Then we're going to talk about Bad News Brown, Hulk's opponent. And this night we'll go through his bio. Uh, then Dave will tell us where Hulk is. In 89, uh, then we'll cover the card. We'll cover the match. We'll read the news, September of 89. And uh, then we'll be back with a friend, Ryan Gray from North-South Connections, going to join us later on in the show. We're going to do emails. We'll tell you what we're going to do for episode 40. Uh, I got to think of a good nickname for him. Yeah, Let me yeah. think of something. I like Rockin' yeah. Ryan. That was pretty good, I thought. Well, I got a good one. What do you got? Rollin' Ryan. Okay. Rollin' Ryan. We don't, we don't, we don't know if, if that's the case. Or we, <laughs> we could combine them. Rockin' and Rollin' Ryan. Uh, oh, I got one. Okay. Football player Ryan, like my boyfriend. You don't have a boy. Ooh, Bo's got a oh, crush. Got oh, Bo. Oh. I love that. Oh, Bo's got a crush. I actually do have Now I'll break his legs. Hey, I like him. <laughs> All right. He's All right, we're going to take a break before this gets off the rails. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to the 24-Inch Podcast. Don't forget to check out my other podcast, The Sportscasters, 10 Years in the Making. You can find it on Twitter, at sports underscore caster. Or download episodes wherever you found this podcast. You can find the 24-inch podcast on Twitter as well. We're at the number two, the number four, the word inch podcast at 24-inch podcast. Email us at 24inchpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget about our friend Peter Winson and greeting from Allentown. It's at GF Allentown Pod. Hey now, 24-inch podcast. We are back. Episode 39. One way from 40. We'll get to that next week. But first, the business of today. Dave, let's start with the arena. It's in your backyard. It's an arena of many names. Um, it's been called the Meadowlands Arena, Brendan Byrne Arena, Continental Airlines Arena, and the IZOD Center. Dave, what is it to you? Oh, that was my favorite arena by far. I mean, the garden's cool, but it's a pain in the ass with the trains. Actually, I just saw Brian Adams at the garden. It went really smooth uh, Get you know, with the trains and all. Yeah. But I, I saw D'Amato there. I was just hanging out with D'Amato. Yep. There. But um, 
Yeah, the Meadowlands just has that big parking lot for the tailgates. You know, you don't really got to worry about driving. So it's so close. I mean, not, you know, somebody drives, but it's so close that, you know, somebody can even just drop you off and pick you up. You know what I mean? And no, no, it's a 10 minute ride from my house. So many different things. I never got to see the crew there. They they got banned from there because uh, some kid lost his hearing. But they did. I did get to see them play in the park a lot at a bamboozle concert in uh, 2011. So you could kind of count that. But uh, countless WWF matches. I actually at this one, uh, my neighbor Charlie Disher, he passed away a few years ago. So I'll dedicate this show to him, his son yeah, Eric. God bless Charlie. Yeah, him and his son Eric took uh, took me to to the show. Um, we went to a few uh, together actually, but. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, wasn't uh, our seats. I think we were, you know, the lower tier, but like, you know, kind of off to the side. So, uh, you know, you don't see me in a crowd at all, <laughs> anything, anything, anything like that. But uh, yeah, the Meadowlands was. Um, I, they still they still do uh, concert warm ups. Yeah, they sat, they do staging there and stuff. Def Leppard yeah. did it for uh, for the stadium show. Def Leppard set up in there and um, right. and and got all the cues together and all, all those kinds of things. Yeah, Paul, you got something to say about the arena? I kind of like it because it looks so You got to talk into the mic, though. Nobody can hear you doing that. I kind of like it because it's... I like it because it's so kind of, like, cool, and it shows what it's made of, kind of. Yeah, well, speaking of made of, Dave, they broke ground for this arena right around when our parents were breaking ground for us. February 2nd, 1979... Uh, it opened July 2nd, 1981, and closed April 3rd, 2015. It cost $85 million to build, or about $275 million in 2014 dollars, which is probably like about $300 million in 2023 uh, dollars. Um, it was, of course, home to the New Jersey Devils, uh, the New Jersey uh, Nets for many years. Um, the, the arena was a big reason that the Colorado Rockies hockey team uh, came to New, to New Jersey. Uh, they moved uh, sort of the, the the arena was a big reason. The owners in Colorado weren't happy with where they were and a chance to be so close to New York City, of course. Um, this arena, you know, it's right by MetLife, MetLife Stadium. When I was in New Jersey a few years ago, Dave, when I uh, came to watch the football game with you and uh, Jerry, when right. I was driving back to um, Alpine, I drove all the way around the arena. Um, it cool. was all lit up. I don't know if, you know, maybe someone was staging there that night or whatever. It was all lit up, but obviously closed. It was late at night, 1230 or whatever, whenever the f- football game ended. But I just drove all the way around it, took a look at the place, checked it out. Um, it's hard to get around there now. They got that new American Dream Mall. There we yeah. all, uh, they have an amusement, amusement park in there, a ski slope, or this or that, and all your regular mall stuff. So it's, it's really all cluttered. Uh, that area right now. Well, yeah, it's, it's, actually worked it's right it's by there. Also by the Meadowlands Racetrack as well. Right. Um, Stadium. Like I said, the Nets and the Devils were the primary, um, you know, tenants. Also, Seton Hall uh, played basketball games there. Uh, plenty of college basketball there uh, as well. But um, a really, a really um, historic arena for wrestling. Of course, it's you know so to the. Um, to the city, to kind of the base of the company. Uh, but for capacity for basketball is about 20,000. Um, changed over the years as the, the arena changed. For hockey, 19,000. You don't have as many, you know, as many spots on the floor, of course. Um, the last uh, big 
basketball game and the last game played there in general was the December 18th game between the Duke Blue Devils and the Yukon Huskies. Um, so they played a big game there. It was uh, home to Big East games, Big East basketball games. The arena ho- hosted the NCAA Men's Final Four in 1996. It was the last traditional arena to host it. So since then, it's been in stadiums. Um, like this year, it was at the stadium in, in Houston where the, the Texans play, the NFL. But this is the last arena uh, to host it. Um, they also hosted like many other um, like regional um, parts of the of the um, NCAA tournament as well. On January 22nd, 1987, and Dave, I'm sure you remember this, New Jersey was hit with 20 inches of snow and only 330 fan, 334 fans attended the Devils' 7-5 victory over the Flames, a record for the lowest attendance for a game in NHL history. Do you remember the big blizzard of 87 in New Jersey? I do. It, it, the night before was a Hogan Kamala in the garden. And then, so when we found out we had no school the next day. Oh, that was convenient. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, too, because st- 20 inches. I mean, we get 20 inches here all the time. It's not that much, but. Yeah, that was a biggie for us. I think right. we might have had two days off, actually. Uh, let's see. They've had MMA fights there. Fedora versus Silva was there. The UFC on Fox 3 took place there in 2012. There's been a, Arena League teams played there. Uh, Dave's favorite indoor soccer team, the New Jersey Rockets, played there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, his favorite roller hockey team, the New Jersey Rock and Rollers. I like that. Yep, the New Jersey Rock Extreme. The New Jersey Extreme of the National Indoor Football League. Dave was a big fan of them. Um, who else do we have here? National Lacrosse teams, the New New Jersey Saints and the New Jersey Storm. Uh, the New York Cosmos also used the arena to host indoor soccer matches. Um, the Cosmos, of course, once uh, had Pele on the team. Yes, Paula. Why did they? There's a football, uh, a football team named the Saints. Yeah. That we only like. Yeah, that's our. The Bills are the grossest team in the world. The Bills are gross. I agree. Uh, let's see what else. By a bee on their stadium. <laughs> the Meadowlands also played host to the 1995, 2000, 2001, and 2003. What, Dave? Uh, 1995, 2000, 2001, and 2003. What? Uh, NCAA something. Stanley Cup Finals. Oh, Stanley Cup Finals. Okay. Yeah, the arena saw <laughs> the Devils clinch two of their three Stanley Cup championships. For a home crowd, winning Game Four of the '95 Finals over the Red Wings, <clears throat> in Game Seven of the 2003 Finals over the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, uh, their other win happened in Dallas. They won in overtime. Jason Arnett scored. The arena was also host to the Los Angeles Lakers winning the NBA championship when they swept the Nets on June 12, 2002. Uh, it's the most recent venue to host a Stanley Cup Finals and NBA Finals at the same time. Uh, the other arenas that have done that are the Boston Garden, Madison Square Garden, the Spectrum, and the Chicago Stadium. So all historic arenas there. So really an unbelievable sports venue. Um, unbelievable things to happen there, including, like we said, the last Final Four in 96, which was Kentucky, Syracuse, Massachusetts, and Mississippi State. I believe, uh, yes, I know Kentucky was the winner of that four. Uh, but also concerts, Dave. Many, many incredible concerts. Uh, Bruce Springsteen, I'm sure, has done it the most. 
Yeah, summer of '99. He was there like every every night um, when he first came back. His appearances have included a six night run to open the arena in July of '81, a ten night sold out run in '84, an eleven night run in '92, and a fifteen night sold out run in '99. Um, <laughs> this last well, fifteen feat, nights. Yeah, this last feat was con- commemorated by a large banner hanging from the rafters next to the banners representing the achievements of the sports teams. Springsteen would return to the arena for concerts in 02, 04, 05, 07, 09, and 12. Uh, a number of tracks from his 1986 live album uh, were recorded there as well, um, and other live albums he, he's released have been there. Uh, bon Jovi have played the arena many times to sold out and sold out every show. The only other, the two acts who have played there multiple times and sold out every time are Bon Jovi and Bruce Springsteen. Uh, Jersey Boys. Yep. Uh, the Rolling Stones performed three consecutive shows during their 81 tour. Uh, Tita Turner, George Thurgood, and the Destroyers, Jay Giles Band were openers. Um, that was part of a film as well. Um, so lots of releases there. Uh, Queen played in 82. Iron Maiden with their first show on the Beast of the Road tour. So almost as good as it was for uh, music for rock and or for sports for rock and roll too. Rush performed during their Power Windows tour, which were eventually featured on a concert as well. So I think because the acoustics were so good here, um, and it was um, designed with acoustics in mind, um, and they also required a smaller facility fee for artists than the, gar- than the, than garden, the garden did. Yep. Yeah. So that's what made them a huge draw, and also a great place to film. Um, and you didn't have to deal with the unions and stuff like that in New York as well. Uh, Michael Jordan, or Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson performed three sold-out shows during his Bad World Tour in 88. Three nights, 61,000 people. Um, wow. That seems pretty good. I remember that. I, I wanted to go to that. <clears throat> Somehow I didn't. Uh, Dave Matthews performed on September 11th, 99, and it was recorded for a PBS special. Uh, Kiss uh-huh. performed on... June twenty seventh, two thousand, during their Kiss farewell tour, which is still going there. on today. Yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. there for that. Yep, uh, I've Cher- been in a couple of their farewell tours. Yeah, Cher performed two shows during her farewell tour. Yes, Paula. Nope, are- nope. Got to speak into the mic. All of these are amazing people, and all of those numbers. I never even heard of those numbers. That's wild, isn't it? Eleven shows. Wild. Yeah. Uh, the arena played host to the, the final show of the politically motivated Vote for Change Tour on October 13th, 2004, including performances um, by Jackson Brown, Bruce Springsteen, and special guest John Fogarty, and unannounced guest Dave Blank. Uh, who were the others again? Uh, John Fogarty, who else? Bruce Springsteen, Jackson Brown, Spatty, Patty Skifala. Skiafala? I don't know. Okay, my guess will be Tom Petty. Eddie Vedder. Oh, okay. Uh, Slipknot performed at the arena on March 6, 2005. Um, the pre-show of the concert was featured on a segment on The Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Uh, Chili Peppers played there. The Return of the Spice Girls was there. Prince and the Next Power Generation. I mean, on and on and on. An unbelievable run of concerts at this place. Everybody. Uh, yeah, a historic arena for sports and for for music. Uh you mentioned what were what were I'm not gonna say like give me a top five and know what it is, but throw out four or five of the best events you were at at the uh, Meadowlands. 
Uh, I like the Kiss New Year's Eve uh, when uh, when their reunion tour in '96. They did the New Year's Eve '96 uh, into '97. Uh, that was that was a fun show. Jeez, um, oh my God, I've been to so many. I've seen Aerosmith there a bunch of times. Uh, I did Guns N' Roses when um, it was just Axel. Right, Chinese yep. democracy stuff. I've seen them there a few times. Oh boy, God, just Metallica a few times. Ever go to a Devils uh, game there? Yes. Yeah. I, no, no, no. Prudential Center. Ever go uh, to yeah. a Nets game there? Yes, I have. Okay. Yes. Okay. So Devils just at the new place in Newark, and um... yeah, doing it just open too. Okay. They just mo- just had moved. I don't. I don't think I had been to a ho- the hockey game. Uh, before that, never went to the New Jersey Rock and Rollers Roar Hockey there. No, I saw the circus there. Circus, uh, yeah, yeah. Globe Trotters. Oh, I'm just. Uh, no, I never saw the Globe Trotters at all. Um, wrestling and the concerts. So what else? Uh, I actually, um, I used to work for an entertainment company, and we actually like blew up like those big bounce houses in there. So I was like back in the dressing room area, coming down the aisle and stuff. So. That, that, that was a lot of fun. This you know is, what I mean? To actually work there. This is interesting here. It says that the arena was frequently sited near the bottom of public polls. It was commonly referred to as cold and dull in appearance, as well as being cavernous. In 2005 hmm. poll, USA Today rated it the worst arena in the NBA with the distance of the inexpensive seats from the court and the level of the crowd in the con- concourse after the game as cited reasons. It was very steep. It was steep. Yeah. uh, They they didn't do too much uh, WWF TV there. They only did one Superstars taping, one Saturday night's main event, and then, you know, a few SummerSlams. You'd think they would have been back for more more of those Superstars tapings, right? They must not have liked it. Yeah. uh, In 2021, plans were revealed to replace the arena with the new convention center. Who knows where where that stands? Yeah, who knows? Probably in political red tape. Or yeah, there's rumors that it's, it could reopen. All right. So we'll see. That is the Meadowlands. Let's move on to the opponent. Uh, Bad News Brown, Bad News Allen, or Allen James Coage, born October 22nd, 1943, passed away on March 6, 2007. Uh, he was born in New York City, New York, in the United States of America, and died in Calgary, Alberta, of a heart attack. Um, yeah, I'll say I remember that. I remember being pretty, pretty, pretty pissed, pretty upset about that. Nine children he had. Uh, six to oh. two seventy one. Built from Harlem. Uh, trained by uh, Enoki. Um, and he debuted on October twenty third, seventy seven, and retired May twentieth, ninety nine. Um, he started off like I said, born in Harlem. He went to Thomas A. Edison High School. Graduated in sixty two. Started working at a bakery and eventually became a foreman. Um, he began training in judo under the name Jerome Mackey after seeing a poster for Mackey's Dojo in the New York City subway at the age of 15. He began cool. his career in 1964 at the relatively late age of 22. After seven months as a white belt, he placed first in the Chicago Invitational Tournament. He achieved a black belt in two and a half years and after five years was named... A Sandin, whatever that is. Got me. It is a, uh, it's a rank, okay. um, and it's a high rank. So good for him. I mean, if, 
Did Mr. Miyagi get his hand on that belt and <laughs> hand it to Daniel LaRusso? <laughs> he, he practiced a classical style, and his favorite throws being the Auchi Gari and the Tai Atoshi. Uh, he also studied judo. Um, under some ghetto, bla- ghetto blaster sounds just so much better. It does. <laughs> uh, he began training for the '76 Olympics, uh, but he was excluded from the team uh, until a class action lawsuit was filed against the United States Olympic Committee. Um, and then he got on the team. I don't know what that's about exactly, hmm. um, but he won a bronze medal. His victory made him the first African American to win a solo Olympic Games medal. In a sport other than boxing or track and field. Uh, he retired in 76 and then, of course, worked as a bodyguard for this singer, Dave. Oh, boy. I don't, I, I don't think I've a ever A wrestling even... tie. She has a wrestling tie. I don't think I've ever even known this. Um, who's the girl on Grab Them Cakes with Junkyard Dog? Vicky Sue Robinson. That'll be my guess. Miss Aretha Franklin. Franklin. Oh, that's even, even a bigger tie. To wrestle. She left a lot to be desired, according to Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> yes, Paul. I thought it was Cindy Lauper. That would have been a good guest. That would have been. That would have been. That, yeah, I mean, that was yeah. first that popped in my head, but too easy, you know. Right. Uh, let's see. So he begins uh, professional wrestling under Anoki in the New Japan Wrestling Dojo in '77. That's where he trains. He debuts in October of '77, briefly performing under his birth name before adopting Buffalo Allen. Um, he wrestled in New Japan essentially on and off for 15 years. Um, he went to Worldwide Wrestling Federation, 78-79. He was there. 82-88, uh, to 88, his very, very successful run in Stampede Wrestling. You know, he was a top guy there. And it, I always it, forget he was in WWF in the late 70s. I always forget yeah. about that. Yeah, he did some tag work. He was uh, he, he had a decent decent run there in the in the late 70s was even on some episodes of championship wrestling you can find sure him. sure yeah. uh but stampede's really where he made his mark it was an adapted city for him uh he went he had a six-year run there uh he had matches with dynamite kid and bret hart of course you know the the names that you know he often referred to himself in interviews as the ultimate warrior yeah i got that i remember uh he debuted (laughs) he returned he returned to the world wrestling federation in early 1988 as bad news brown and it was during that time that he had his greatest notoriety at least um his trademark characteristic as bad news brown was that he never smiled he never laughed he always had an angry face loner yeah he didn't work good on teams he pulled the walkout stunt um at survivor series in 88 and 89 Right. Yep. Uh, he won the Battle Royal at WrestleMania 4, eliminating Bret Hart with a sneak attack before he got his trophy broken into a million pieces. Um, he had feuds with the Macho Man when he was champion. Uh, he was on Saturday Night's Main Event 20. He took the uh, he, he wrestled Hulk in, in March 89. Uh, so maybe we'll do that sometime. When he brought out that big shovel. That was the best before yeah. he went to commercial. <laughs> Uh, he, you know, he was like so serious, but there was something funny about him too. There was humor in Bad News Brown. He had the sure. he had the feud with Piper, right? Uh, in right, ninety, right. and then he left after SummerSlam ninety, claiming Vince McMahon failed to live up to his promise to make him the company's first black champion, which reportedly affected him and his wife. 
I don't know. Uh, no, I mean he, he's making that. that main event main event money. Like I, I mean, uh, we'll talk more about it later. But uh, you know he's doing main events with Savage Hogan. You know uh, Jake was uh, B show main events and stuff. So he he was making some good money. Um, WWF is a, if it may, he could have been a transitional champion, but you know WWF uh, especially at that time is a, is a face champion organization. I really don't think they were going to put the belt on uh, Bandit's Brown. He did the independence for a while after that. Um, he was married three times. He had nine kids. Um, he ran a wrestling school in Alberta for a little bit. Um, and then he passed away uh, too soon, obviously. March 6, 2007 at Rocky View General Hospital in Calgary. Minutes after being rushed there due to chest pain. Three weeks prior to Yeah, I think I remember stuff. saying like they, he just watched Raw or something. It was like a Monday night, and then that's so sad. That ties into to it for some reason to me. Yeah, three weeks sad. prior to his death, he had undergone hip surgery. So he finally yeah. gets his hip fixed, goes through all that for nothing. Um, for 62, too young, way too young. Yeah, but, uh, you know, a really good career. Um, you know, a trailblazer in a lot of ways. Um, a lot of success in Calgary, you know, a main eventer there, and Plenty of success in the WWF too. He was a guy I didn't like around Hulk. I'll tell you that much. You know, he was scary. I didn't trust him. He he had an edge yeah. to him. He was scary, and uh, I didn't like him as a fan of Hulk. But he's someone I look back with fondly of his work. Um, a really really great heel in our in our era that we love, uh, and that's uh, that's bad news. So one last also thing great to do. on uh, yeah, go ahead. Arsenio Arsenio Hall. Oh, unbelievable! YouTube. Yeah, look yeah. that up. Uh, yeah, too good there, too. All right, well, this is a time where I need to take a break. I need a, a little sip of a drink. My throat is sore. I'm going to turn it over to Hollywood Dave Rollins, and he's going to tell us where Hulk was in September of 1988. Dave? I got to apologize to everybody. We're a little lackluster this month, but we we got to do what it is. You know, we got to do what it says. Uh, not, not, not too much uh, of a motley of opponents here. But we'll start off uh, with a bang, with a banger. SummerSlam '88, August 29th in Madison Square Garden, in front of a huge sellout of 20,000. The Mega Powers over the Mega Bucks after Elizabeth showed a little bit of butt, Mega Butt, <laughs> and uh, right then uh, we're gonna move on. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> the Mega <laughs> Mega Bucks, Mega Powers, and Mega Butt. Uh, then we'll move on to September 3rd. New Orleans, the Uno Lakefront Arena, Hulk Hogan over the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. September the 4th, Orange County Civic Center in Orlando, Florida, Hogan once again over DiBiase. September 5th, Tallahassee, Florida, only 3,700. Now, I don't know what that, what the, uh, the Lee Conroy Civic Center holds, but um, Hogan over DiBiase there, that's a very light house. September the 9th, uh, legendary promoter Leroy McGurk passes away. Rest in peace, Leroy. September 9th, uh, Springfield, Massachusetts. Another another bad turnout, 3,600 at the Civic Center. I know that holds. Uh, wow, yeah. Eight, I, that holds at least 8,000. Hogan over DBS. Maybe a little SummerSlam drought, kids going back to school. You know, I don't know. It's, um, yeah, these, these are surprising numbers here, if they're, if they're even right. Uh, November the 10th, Boston, Gar uh, Boston, Bo Boston Garden, televised on Nesson, 8,000 only at the Boston Garden. And that's usually about 14,000, 15,000. Hogan once again over DiBiase. <laughs> then our show, The Meadowlands, Hulk Hogan over Bad News Brown. 
I was there for that. No attendance listed. I remember it not being sold out, though, but I can't tell you by how much or what, whatnot. September 13th, uh, a Superstars taping. Hulk is not on this Superstars taping, which is very, very strange. September the 15th, one more. Auburn Hills, Michigan, the Palace of Auburn Hills, Hogan over DiBiase. That's all. Just a lot of Teddy. Yeah, it's a little bit of Ted, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Eh, no big deal. Not every month is the best month ever. No, you know? can't, can't have them every month. All right, well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to read the news from September of 1988, and then we're going to get into the card, the Meadowlands, uh, September 11th, uh, 1988, and uh, 10 days after my eighth birthday. And, and then we are going to um, you know, take a break, and we got emails and all that stuff still to come. Ryan Gray from North-South Connection is going to be on later. Paul will be back uh, with emails and, and her, her jibber-jabber. Uh, so let's take a break. We'll be right back uh, with the news from September of Orange Podcast, we are back. The C Block, we're going to get to the show finally. September 11th, 1988, uh, the Meadowlands, the WWF comes to Dave's house. But before we do, it's time to read the news. All right, Dave, I read this one only because it's my eighth birthday, September 1st. Timberlake, Weston Bakers, Our Country's Good, premieres in London. No idea what that means, but it happened on my birthday. Something to do with Boots? Timberlake? That's what I thought, but I think Timberland. it's, I well, think it's a dark. play. Timberland Our, was a Boots, right? What yeah, Timberlake is just Timberlake is just Justin. <laughs> Timberlake, Weston Bankers, Our Country is Good. I'm going to guess it's a play. Um, it premiered in London. And again, uh, raised, I only mentioned it because it's the only thing on my birthday listed here. So an uneventful birthday. The big news that day <laughs> was Steve Bennett had a birthday party at Putt-Putt in uh, Chicago, Putt-Putt. New York. What's Putt-Putt? It's mini golf. Oh, uh, all right. That makes sense. Yeah. It's no golfing stuff, though, brother. No, it is Tim not Andrea. golfing stuff. It is not. But yeah. it, it once had the roof. Uh, the roof got blown off of it by a tornado when I was like six years old. I was scared shitless to go there for like wow. a whole year. Yeah, the the there's a tor- it's a one and only time like there's a big Put, tornado. Put it right off there. <laughs> pause, pause. Here. This is like in this in Kansas, Paula. That I, no, that that tornado. Yeah. Our, our tornado is more puff puff. <laughs> yeah, September 2nd, Amnesty International's Human Rights Now tour begins in Wembley Stadium, London. Performers include Bruce Springsteen, Sting, Peter Gabriel, Tracy Chapman. She's got a nice car. She's a, got a fast car. A fast, a fast car. car. Yeah. So a nice concert there if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, September 4th, Mike Tyson crashes a silver BMW into a tree 
near the Catskills. And this is when Mike Tyson is huge, 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 huge. Uh, also yeah, on that day, a, that's 88 is probably the biggest. Oh, uh, yeah. Popular. Uh, the relocated Phoenix Cardinals play their first regular season NFL game and they lose 21 14 to the Bengals at Riverfront, Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati. The Bengals uh, quarterback they, that day, Dave, is a New Yorker um, and has been on New York radio for years and years and years. He's got a unique nickname. I know you know this man, Dave. Who is this man? Uh, Boomer. Uh, Boomer. You got yeah. it. That a boy. Boomer Esiason. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? September 7th, the fifth MTV Video Music Awards, the 88 VMAs. Now, I have long said that the 92 VMAs are the unquestioned best VMAs ever. Um, the range of performers from Michael Jackson to yeah, like Pearl Jam too. to you know yeah. Nirvana, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Guns N' Roses with Elton John. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, when yeah. Howard Stern you know comes out of the uh, fart man. Yeah, the fart man stuff. This one was at the Universe, Universal Amphitheater in Los Angeles, hosted by Arsenio Hall. Um, I believe that this was the night that Dice Man got banned, right? Uh, I, this is the all. No, this is not the night that the year before is when Pee Wee Herman came out. Heard any good jokes lately? Uh, Dice came out and got banned on this one. I don't remember that. Um, it was either this one or the year before. I think it's this one though. Uh, let's hear the perform. Yeah, this one because Cher performed. Although, yeah, you, I don't, I, although you know I don't what, Cher performed. If you could turn back time, the night Dice got banned. So it might. What did actually- he get? What did he get banned for? Uh, for telling um. Uh, hickory dickory dock. This chick was sucking my cock. You know, one of those. What happened, he said, was he was supposed to go out. Oh, Paul is still on the line. (laughs) You got to hit that bleep button, brother. (laughs) He was supposed to come out and introduce Cher. Basically say, she's an original. Here's Cher. Like as simple as that. And then right when he's about to go out, Dick Clark says, you're going to have to stretch. Because Cher's not ready. So why don't you go out there with... Arsenio Hall, and why don't you guys just have some, you know, talk back and forth? And Dice is like, no, because I'm going to go out there and bomb with him. I'm not. That's going 91. Out there and bomb. That's 91 then, because Dana Carvey hosted 92, I think. Yes, Dana they, Carvey they, did host in 92, but we're talking about yeah. Dice fan. What is what does that have to do with anything? You said Arsenio Hall hosted. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so it's 91. But we're talking about 88 right now. Oh, oh all right, all right. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, we're talking about. 92, we just mentioned earlier. I got confused. As so, yeah, my... I, just got, I thought we were still on uh, in the discussion about 92. No, we're talking about September. The show's about 88, Dave. Come back to 88 with me, buddy. <laughs> All right. All right. Sorry about yeah, that. Come back to 88. We're talking about September 7th, 88. Arsenio's the host. So, Dick Clark says, go out there and vamp with Arsenio. Dice is like, no, I'm going to bomb. So, he goes out. He starts telling this joke about dating fat girls, um, which is pretty funny. And then he goes and does a few rhymes. And then he finally introduces Cher, and then allegedly he's banned uh, from MTV after that. Uh, performers that night, Rod Stewart, Forever Young, Aerosmith, Do Looks Like a Lady, uh, Elton John Live from Miami, I Don't Want to Go On With You Like That, Depeche Mode, Strange Love, Crowded House, Better Be Home Soon, Michael Jackson, Bad, Live from London, uh, Cher, it says she performed Main Man, so it must not have been this year that... Because I know she plays uh, 
if I could turn back time when dice got bounced. So maybe it was right. eight, yeah, maybe it was eighty nine. Let's see. Yeah, uh, sh- yes, it was eighty nine. Share if I could turn back time. So this eighty nine is also when uh, Vince uh, knocked out Izzy Stradlin too. Oh, when they had the fight in the back. Yeah. Okay. Guns N' Roses is there this night. They play Welcome to the Jungle. And NXS played New Sensation. So the 88 MTV Music Awards, not an iconic one necessarily. Some good performances there. You know, whatever. Um, they were it, all good back then. They're all yeah, their look own at life. the variety of music. Yeah. That's what you'd never have today. If this was on today, just... I'll be I'll be rapping R and B and pop. Still is I think, but nobody watched it. Nobody cares. Yeah, but I mean the ones back then. I mean, you got in excess winning awards, Prince winning awards, Guns N' Roses winning awards. You know, Janet Jackson won an award. Yeah. You know, a real variety of music. So, the last time I ever even heard of anything happening there was that Miley Cyrus and um, oh, and they Alan, kissed. Alan Thicke's son did some. Um, oh yeah, song. yeah. I don't know, something controversial about it. But that's the last thing I ever remember about hearing about the MTV Awards. And that's got to be going on 10 years. Also that night, Guy Lafleur, Tony Esposito, and Brad Park were inducted into the NHL Hall of Fame. Um, see, this is how big Mike Tyson was. This was a news story. The New York Daily News reports that Mike Tyson is seeing a psychiatrist. Shocker. <laughs> Announced the news. Uh, a, psychi- a psychiatrist. Uh, Nash, uh, National League President Bartlett Jamadi is unanimously elected Major League Baseball's seventh commissioner, and his legacy as commissioner would essentially be being the one who banned uh, Pete Rose. His son is um, the actor um, Paul Giamatti, uh, who pl- oh okay yeah who plays um, Howard Stern's boss in um, Private Bodies. Yeah, pig, and pig vomit, pig vomit. He's also in Sideways and. A bunch of other movies as well. That's actually yeah, yeah. He's a, he's been around. Yeah, that's his uh, his son. Um, uh, what else do we got here? Uh, my brother's second birthday, so let's get something out there on that. Uh, Anthony or Greg, I'm sorry. September 10th, the U.S. Open women's tennis. Steffi Graf of Germany wins her first U.S. title and completes the Grand Slam, beating Gabriella Sabatini. So Steffi Graf. Uh, gets at least her fourth major, if not more. Uh, the first NFL regular season game played in Phoenix. Uh, the Cardinals lose again to the Cowboys this time. So tough first season in under the sun. And they had an open uh, an open air stadium, and it was just the hottest games in football history. Wow, uh, played <laughs> played there. I remember watching games there, and you just think like these players are going to die on the field. Awesome. Like it is ridiculous. You know, we, we we always say that September's hot nowadays, but I guess yeah. it's still hot in '88. But but you do kind of remember wearing jackets to school in September, you right? Know but what I we mean? weren't Back then. We weren't in Phoenix. Yeah. Oh, yeah okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it's a different climate. Yeah. Over there, I must have missed that part. <laughs> yeah, you must have. You're in the you're you're asleep during this news. Uh, September fifteenth, Lilyhammer, Norway. Upsets Anchorage, Alaska uh, to be named the host of the 1994 Winter Olympics. Anytime there's an upset in Olympic selection, you know somebody greased the greased the uh, Olympic uh, committee with some cash at the last minute there. Ooh, all you got to do is ask Ken Patera that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure I'll fucking tell you something about it. (laughs) Oh, Uh, sorry, Paula, again. She's not paying attention this time. September 16th, the jury awards Valerie Harper. $1.6 million in a dispute over a TV series. 
So a win for for Valerie there. September seventh. What 7th, TV series? Uh, it doesn't say. What was her main one? Probably that one, right? Valerie Harper was that the Hogan family? Ah, uh, that sounds right. Was that her main show? I know it was Valerie something. I mean, not. Was it called Valerie first? I could be way off here. Valerie Harper. She was on the Mary Tyler Moore show. She was okay. like Mary Tyler Moore's friend. Um, her shows were like um, the Mary Tyler Moore. She was Rhoda. So yeah, it, I think it might have been the Hogan family. It was either for Rhoda or Mary Tyler Moore, probably that she sued. Uh, let's see what else she was in. Let me go back to this time of the time of the era on her IMDb here. Um, let's see what was she in around the eighties. She did something called Drop Dead. Valerie was the show she sued for. Right. Then yep. that became Hogan Family. She was Valerie Hogan in the show. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you're on that one. And like I All said, right. she was also in the Mary Tyler Moore show as Rhoda, which then spun off to Rhoda, which had more episodes in the end than Mary Tyler Moore. So, I made up for my couple of flubs there. Yeah. She basically <laughs> did 200 episodes as Rhoda, 92 on the Mary Tyler Moore show and 109 on the spinoff. Yeah, nice-looking woman, too, right? Yeah. Another yeah. good good Stern Show guest uh, when she would be on. Howard would be asking her ridiculously lewd questions about, you know, did you ever see Mary Tyler Moore naked or stuff like that? Jesus <laughs> September 19th, American diver Greg Luganis smashes his hat on the diving board during oh my goodness. the three-meter three springboard preliminaries at the Seoul Olympics. He recovers to qualify for the final, which he wins the following day. You don't remember that, Dave? No, but it would have been for a good TikTok nowadays. And then it, it was a controversy because he bled in the pool, and then later it came out that he was um, he had AIDS. Oh, it, it, I do remember that now. Yes, I do. Yes, Paula. Uh, Talked about that in school once. That the diver hit his head on the diving board. Yeah, like it was like we had to read a whole book about it. It was like fourteen, like fifteen pages long. Oh, really? Wild. Uh, September 19th, Bon Jovi released their fourth album, New Jersey. Uh, the most top ten hits of any rock, glam, metal album with five. You know, it's my genre, but I'm not a, never a big Bon Jovi song uh, fan, but there are some songs I love. And Born to Be My Baby, I believe. Oh, is on that's this a great album. one. It is. On I that love album. it. Love, yeah. love, love that song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't like anything from New Jersey, it seems like. You don't really like yes, Skid we, uh, Row. You don't really like Steve Bon Brown, Jovi. You don't Trickster. really like Bruce Springsteen. No, I like Skid Row. Yeah. Sure. Every time I'm no, talking about him, you seem lukewarm on it. I don't like the way Sebastian Bach has gotten with his uh, politics. Bothers me. Oh, wow. But, um, I mean, take, but, a, uh, take a list on that. Though. No, no, I like Skid Row. Uh, and Trickster, of course. I mean, what are Tommy Lee's politics? I mean, he's no Republican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, but it's the way... It's different. But no, I like Skid Row. I love Skid Row. Okay. Sinatra, you like him? Oh, I love him. Okay. Well, all right. Sinatra yeah, then. So we got a few. Dave yeah. likes Sinatra. Um, let's see. What else we got? More on uh, Luganus there. Like we said, he won. Um, let's see. September 20th, Detroit first baseman Daryl Evans hits four home runs um, in a loss to the Indians. It's his, also his 400th career home run. Good for him. Uh, September 24th, more Tyson mania. He smashes a TV camera outside his New Jersey home. He lived in Bernardsville. You know where that is in New Jersey? Dave? I do, man. And we spoke We spoke about him uh, earlier. Uh, my cousin Don McMillan lived in Bernardsville at one time. Ah, neighbors with yeah. Mike. Yeah. Yeah, we could have went to his cookout maybe one day. Yes, Paula. 
Paul's got something to say about Mike Tyson. Yes, Paul. Um, nope, nobody can hear you unless you're talking to the mic. Mike Tyson, we also read a... It was now... This one is 50 pages longer. Wow, so basically you spent all first grade reading about Greg Luganis and Mike Tyson, apparently. Yeah. Uh, I might have to talk to that principal about the education down there. Uh, <laughs> September 22nd, Canada Brink begins production of a $5 silver maple leaf coin. So a $5 coin. That's kind of cool. I know they have $1 now, is it a, $2 coin. Is it a maple leaf coin or a make-believe coin? <laughs> <laughs> the make-believe well, gardens. The make-believe gardens, yeah. like I always say here on the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, September 23rd, Jose Canseco is baseball's first player to steal 40 bases and hit 40 Big in 88, 1988. Jose oh, Canseco, yeah. another one. That was his year, right? Yes, Paul. Okay. I don't know why we need to interrupt the podcast for that, but Paul says we stop, we stop. All right, September 24th, Canadian sprinter Ben Johnson breaks his own 100-millimeter world record, 100-meter, excuse me, with a time of 9.79 at the Seoul Olympics. But, Dave, three days later, he's disqualified for the use of steroids, and Carl Lewis gets the medal and the record at 9.92. Hold on a second, brother. Yeah. 1988, steroids were still legal. Oh, not in the Olympics. They got screwed. Not, yeah. the, not in the Olympics. Not at right. the Olympics. Yeah, the Olympics were the the Olympics always have the strictest drug laws in the, you know, okay. in the world. Superstar Billy Graham, brother. R.I.P. might have something to say about that. Yeah, no, they don't put up with that in the Olympics. Uh, lots of Olympic stuff here towards the end of the month. Weird for the Olympics to be in September. Maybe for some reason in Seoul, Korea. They need, you know, usually the Olympics are in August or late yeah, t- July. Yeah, Tiger, t- Tiger Chung Lee set that whole thing up. Is that what it was? Tiger Chung Lee wanted yeah. it later? Well, if, yeah. t- if Tiger Chung Lee says, let's do it in September, you do it in September. You know he, I mean? won, he, he won the uh, kendo stick throw. Okay, very good, yeah. very good. Um, let's see, what else is going on? Okay, September 26th, New York City's Rockefeller Center declared a national landmark. Um, and then we're just going to do a couple more and, and move on. You know, on I think I was in New York. I, I think I visited the tree on that exact day. Wow. December 26, 1988. Yeah, I think Very the day cool. after Christmas, we went to New York uh, to see the tree. I know it was either the 26th, 27th, 28th. But that's yeah, December, right brother. That's December, Christmas. We're in yeah. September. Oh, September. My mind's all screwed up. Yeah, oh, September. Okay. Yeah. All right, bro. Jesus Christ. Yeah, what the hell's going on? My apologies. Yeah. Uh, just a couple more here. Uh, Oral Hershey. It's, it's like we're just like having a conversation. I'm forgetting like we're talking about some, like September of 1988. Oh, wouldn't, wouldn't be this website without this note. September 29th, China performs a nuclear test at Lapnor PRC. Um, American sprinter voice Florence Griffin Joyner with the long nails sets the women's record in the 200 meter 21.34 completes a sprint double at the Seoul Olympics. So that means she won the 100 and the 200. Uh, good okay. for her. Uh, the U.S. women retain the basketball title at the Olympics 77 to 70 over Yugoslavia. Um, IBM announces a shipment of 3 million uh, personal computers. Uh, and then we'll finish off with this. A very famous uh, thing here from the 80s to close out our month of Mike Tyson. September 30th, Robin <laughs> Givens and Mike Tyson appear on the Barbara Walters show Uh-oh. for the infamous interview where Mike Tyson's sitting right next to Robin, basically with his arm around her as she's basically throwing him under the bus for domestic violence and all these other crazy accusations. And uh, 
It's just a wild firestorm. Got lit. It was almost like Barbara Walters like, hey, Robin, come on the show and also bring a huge gasoline tank with you and then let's set it on fire and um, have the world go nuts uh, for the um, for the rest of the, well, I rest of the fall. I try to find that one on YouTube. Yeah, that's, it's wild. You have to watch that for sure. But that's the news from September of 1988. Oh, yeah. All right, Dave. We are back to New Jersey here. The Meadowlands, September 11th, 1988. Televised on MSG. We talked about why uh, earlier. Um, Sean Mooney is there. Superstar Billy Graham and Lord Alfred Hayes are on commentary. Um, and we start with a match that aired on Primetime Wrestling, October 4th, 1988. Mr. Perfect pins Jumpin' Jim Ronzel at 13.01 with the power slam. After the bout, Bad News Brown came out and cut an in-ring promo saying if Hulk Hogan showed up for their match later in the show, he would beat him down just like the San Francisco 49ers beat the New York Giants that early Pete, in the brother. afternoon. Pete. I thought it was a good match here. Really uh, good. And, uh, and, and uh, it was funny how uh, Superstar called Sean Mooney Sean Penn. Did you catch that? Sean Penn. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> and you could, he probably just thought he was Sean Penn, right? I mean. <laughs> I don't know. I think he almost did it again. Yeah, I think he almost did it again later in the show. But correct. He caught himself. <laughs> I thought he it got was Sean Penn on the mind there. Really good stuff from early Mr. Perfect here. Um, how long has he been here at this point, Dave? September of uh, He was at WrestleFest um, about six weeks, maybe. Yeah, so really early in his run here. Yeah. Love the power slam finish, too. Really good. Um, Brunzel did a good job putting him over. Uh, I thought it was a really, a really good. Yeah, they put match. Brunzel in those stupid, stupid tights. They, they split up the bees there. Uh, but uh, Brian Blair got at least got to keep the B tights. Uh, Brunzel was in those cheap uh, uh, Ben Franklin five and ten, um, uh, according to superstar Billy Graham, um, uh, tie dyed uh, pants. Paula, mm-hmm. you want something to say something about Mister Perfect? Yes. Okay, now's the time. Mister Perfect. Nope. Mr. Perfect's so cool. Yeah. He loves to brag, and that's what I don't like about him. He does like to brag, that is for sure. Uh-huh. He uh, he definitely does brag. Uh, Greg, Valentine, Greg Valentine fought Don Morocco to a 20-minute time limit draw when the bell rang just as Morocco was about to hit the tombstone. After the bout, Valentine shoved down superstar Billy Graham at the announce table and took back his shingar, which Morocco gave to Graham minutes earlier. Valentine then attacked Morocco with the shingard and applied the shingard assisted figure four until Graham made the save and attacked Valentine. Uh, this is way too long, Dave. I liked it. I like this feud. But um, I like the, happened... the angle stuff at the end. The match was yeah, way too long. Though. But the angle stuff at the end, I guess they forgot. I, Vince is usually there at the Meadowlands, so I don't know how they could have forgot, but that they did that exact same thing at the Garden on the July House show on MSG Network, where where uh, Greg attacks um, Superstar at the booth and he falls over. Then Superstar saved it. He goes, "I don't know why this guy keeps doing this to me." So they must have figured out. Yeah, oh, wow, shit, good we're, job we're by Superstar. TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're on TV. We can't. We can't do it with the exact same thing. But even if it wasn't te- Meadowlands, wasn't televised, they'd have to think some of the half the crowd was at the Garden anyway. You know, like why do the exact same thing there? If it was in Boston, I would understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was a that was a flub there on uh, WWF's part. All right, the next match 
primetime 92088 if you're looking for it. Hercules pinned the junkyard dog at 938 by grabbing onto the ropes as JYD attempted a power slam with Hercules falling on top of him for the win. I was surprised when this happened. Maybe I shouldn't have been. But for JYD to get pinned clean like that by Hercules, I was a little surprised by the finish watching it back, Dave. Yeah, well, uh, it was funny. Mel Phillips was announcing JYD. Uh, he was like the junk, the junkyard dog. Like he didn't know who he was or he wasn't sure if he showed up or something. That was very, very strange. And then uh, Hercules was actually, um, he was just about to turn face. I mean, I, I, it probably was already taped, I would say, the uh, the segment. So he, he, he was, Her- Hercules was, was going up. And the dog was going down. So that's why he got he got that finished. The dog only lasts about another month. Gotcha. Um, Hulk is next, but we'll look we always do, we'll save that for the end. Uh also on the nine twenty eighty-eight uh prime time, another guy uh who is somewhat fresh in the territory, the blue blazer, uh pinned Barry Horowitz with a splash off the top at eleven fifteen. Blue Blazer was fantastic. Um just this era, I guess, of Owen's work. The high flying, it's really good. Is the Blue Blazer the best character ever or whatever? No. Um, but I enjoyed watching this. It was nostalgic to see Owen, who we haven't seen much on this show. Um, because, of course, his run is more later than what we I feel like on. you didn't see much, see much of the Blue Blazer anyway. I know he yeah, was at uh, WrestleMania. I don't know. I just seemed, um was he on a Saturday Night's Main event? I think so. I think he made one one shot there in uh, 89. I can't remember if... It's not like me not to remember you know, yeah. who, who we work you're, with. You're, something, something, something's up tonight. tonight. I'm tired tonight. Yeah. yeah, it was it was it was that '80s party last <laughs> yeah. night. Yeah, party with me mom. And, me, mom took me you out. Girl, uh, me and those girls actually did. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> Mrs. Rollins took you out. She's probably fine today. You, she she worked you under yeah. the table. Well, yeah. she wasn't she wasn't drinking. <laughs> yeah, well, she's still old though. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, I like this though. What do you think of the blazer here? It was good. You know, yeah. it's really not my style of stuff, but uh, yeah, I thought it was good. I always liked Owen. It's not your stuff, style but, uh, of stuff. What do you mean? Yeah, that, you know, the flying around and all that kind of, you know, that that, uh, that style. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, this is what kind of morphed into what's become today. But, uh, no, but Owen's, uh, yeah, I'm a big, big Owen fan. Okay. I don't know if I follow you there, but uh, well, t- Ted DiBiase with Virgil defeated Jim Duggan v- via disqualification. At 12.03, after Duggan chased Virgil into the ring with the 2x4 and then chased DiBiase and the referee with the weapon is all as well. You know, this is the thing about Duggan, the one thing, and I know Scott from Place to Be has always been annoyed with this. This is every Duggan match, is this. You know, every Duggan match at some point, he's chasing them around the 2x4. It works, though. You know, the crowd. Yeah, I, but... Yeah, it might work if you're there in that moment. It's fun to cheer. But looking back and watching it again years later, I don't know that it's that incredibly entertaining. I love it. I love Hacksaw. And uh, this, these, both of these guys are both coming off main event runs. Uh, uh, Duggan was main event with Andre. Yep. And uh, DiBiase obviously was main event with Savage. All yeah. Along. Both. So this is a big, big, big match here. And uh, the pop for Duggan is uh, tremendous. That, that's why he did that. Uh, uh, that routine uh, over and over. But Again, we, I'm, 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 I'm more I'm, I'm more sizzle than steak. That's what I'm saying. I like this kind of stuff over the Owens. Well, no, the, that would know, be steak. You're more steak than sizzle. Owen would be the sizzle. This isn't sizzle. 
But a sizzle is like the, the, the stuff. It can go either way. Jim Ross said, yeah, I'm doing it the Jim Ross way, his, his analogy. Okay. Well, I would, I would yeah. flip it, I guess, if I yeah. was using that analogy. Um, yeah, I don't know. 12 minutes, no finish. Um, it's every Duggan match I've ever seen, I guess. Um, huh. sometimes, sometimes with guys like Ted and a few others, great. But when you watch these house, le- uh, house show matches and they have time, you're like, wow, blown away by them. You're like, oh, these guys are so good. I, and I, I guess I was looking for that here and I didn't get it because instead I got the two by four again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a little. Down. But you gotta have, you gotta have the. You can't not have Axel with two by four. That's the yeah. Whole, well, whole, Chase, Chase, like Jake, Chase Jake Virgil around with it early. Damian out. Chase Virgil around yeah. with it early. Then have a finish to the match, and then chase him around with it after the match. Uh, I don't know. I have my own two by four that I never put down in 1988 too because of him. <laughs> yeah, I guess even in '88, I mean, he was never in my top five or anything. Yes, Paula. Yeah. What do you think of Hacksaw? You got to speak into the mic, though. He chases people with a stick who sing the Irish anthem. Yes, he does chase. Yes. He's crazy. He is crazy. Yes, he is. I know he likes America, but you got to respect some. Right, USA. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'm outnumbered here. All right. Uh, Jack and Raymond Rougeau defeated Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart, of course, the Hart Foundation. At twelve seventeen, when Raymond pinned Bret after Jacques. Well, upset. little upset yeah, here. Yeah, Jack hit. Brett with a double axe handle from the middle turnbuckle. And as Brett covered Raymond with Jack then putting Raymond on top. Great stuff here. This I loved. Um, this was really good. 12-17. Classic 80s tag team. WWF wrestling with two of the best to do it. Um, great finish here. This is the the American boys, right? They're just about to be that or it just started to be that. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, just, they started. No music yet, though, unfortunately. Yeah. So the real early of that run and really good stuff. Again, sort of a surprise finish. I was I'm not going to say they throw the frogs in the ring. You know, I don't think that was planned. Yeah. But the camera caught it and all. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, really good stuff. What do you think of this one, Dave? I like this. Yeah, it was, it was good. Your regular uh, WWF tag team match. But I, I actually forgot who won. I, I thought it maybe it would be some kind of a schmoz yeah. or something like that. But, uh, yeah. The, well, I guess because the Rujos are there. New to the turn, so you know what yeah. I mean. The, Gave him the big so win, just like, the bump. Like yeah. I said, for Hercules, like Hercules uh, before. So yeah, they they got they did a lot of stuff with Brother Love refereeing uh, this match around the, around the horn. I don't know why they didn't have him here for some reason. All right, Jake Roberts with Shell Roberts pin Rick Rude at eleven fifty with a roll up, grabbing Rude's tights for leverage after Cheryl slapped Rude from the floor after he began taunting her. Now some moon out, a big moon out in the Meadowlands that night. If the Jake Rude match at WrestleMania four is a one. This is like a nine. Like yeah. this is what these guys can do. You know what I mean? Not sitting for six minutes on the ground, you know, in a headlock. These guys were on it on this night. It was really good. It was the right amount of time. There was a ton of heat. The Cheryl Roberts stuff was over big time. Um, I really, really liked this. I thought oh, yeah. Jake and Rude did a great job closing out the night here. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I thought it was great. This this is one of the greatest angles, of, one of the greatest angles of all time. I think I I always got a feeling they wanted to do it with Savage and Elizabeth, but Savage wouldn't go. I, I don't know. This is just me just brainstorming, and Savage wouldn't go for it. Yeah, well, Savage so, uh, is definitely never going to go for that. If yeah, so like like why have two girls? Like you know what I mean? Like 
So Jake, maybe Jake said, "Hey, I got a pretty wife, you know. So let's let's do it. Let's let's do it up that way." But uh, yeah, great angle. And then remember when he, he pulled down Rick Rude's pants yeah. on TV and yep. the black box? Yeah, Rude so, loved so, that. So Rude loved that spot. Have his ass out all yeah. the time. Yeah, yes, is always out. Yeah, this is this is just a, a phenomenal feud. This is W nineteen eighty eight WWF. You're gonna take a. Jake and Rude uh, right right at the top of that list. Yeah, really, really good stuff here for sure. Uh, Hulk Hogan pinned Bad News Brown at 921 with the leg drop after headbutting Brown with his war helmet as the referee was knocked down. Moments after, Brown used the helmet as a weapon himself. Dave, you said you wanted to talk about the helmet. Let's start there. The war bonnet was created because Joe LaDuke, the uh, Canadian wrestler, uh, was in the WWF. Very shortly, while they were filming No Holds Barred, he's in No Holds Barred. He's in like the green overalls. Uh, very famous wrestler, but they called him the Headbanger, and he was going to have a big feud with Hulk Hogan. He's, there's like one televised match on a prime time with Tito Santana, and then maybe one more squash. I don't even think it made the Cindy's only on prime time. But he would get the guy in the corner and just headbutt him like twenty times nonstop. So they were going to do an angle with him doing that to Hogan. And then when Hogan, his retaliation was to create this war bonnet with the fist on it to, to you know, get his own headbanger back at, at Joe LaDuke. But for some reason, it didn't work out. Joe LaDuke didn't stay with the company. So uh, they had to do something with the with the war bonnet. But I don't, I don't think it went over too well. Yeah. And I think they thought of it as a big merchandise opportunity as well. Right. I mean, right. Right. Sell a sure. million to those things. But I don't know that it ever took off. I mean. I never had one. I don't think I know anyone who ever did. If they, oh no, no, yeah. they only did it for th- this match, the match with DiBiase in Boston that I talked about earlier. Just a couple of matches. So he had that l- license plate on his back too. Just a couple of matches. Did they ever cre- get around to actually head- selling them or no? No, 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 no. no. Okay, yeah. but I know that that was the thought that that could be you know yeah a huge piece of merch for them to sell. Yeah, you know, like a like a mask or. You know, whatever the different things they've had over the years that they've sold part right. of the, the referees atti- or the wrestlers attire that, you know, became merch. I'm sure they looked at it that way, but it just never took off. Like uh-huh. you said, the intended purpose faded and he only wore it a handful of times, but he wears it here and gets the win nine minutes. I thought the the heat was really good. I thought you guys, the Hulkamaniacs in attendance uh, really right. brought it with Hulk. We didn't really talk much about you being there. Um, I, I'm sure you don't have like a gazillion memories of the night, but you certainly remember the era and the days. What do you remember about being there and, and seeing Hulk on this night? Well, I mean, I've been so, to so so many of them. Yeah, so, some yeah, right, the they run together. One, they run together. The first one yeah. with, with Killer with Killer Khan because it was the first one I, I remember more about. But uh, I just remember uh, the Giants being on during the day. You know, driving over there with uh, with my neighbors. I can even remember the kind he had a hatchback car, the kind of car he had. And our seats, you know, they they were so so. They're on the lower tier, but like off, like off off to the side a little bit. And I remember, I remember us like we had no idea what the war bonnet was. Like, what the hell is that thing? Like, what's why, why is we thought maybe because something to do with football? Because bad, bad news Brown was knocking the Giants, so he brought out a so Hulk brought out a, a football helmet because he couldn't really see. You couldn't, you know, you couldn't see the fist from our seats. You know what I mean? Until you know what? And I didn't even know that it, it was televised, so I didn't tape this. So uh, this is one one that got away from me. So, um, I didn't see it on TV for uh, quite quite some time. So I didn't I didn't figure out that it was going to be. Uh, how would I know? You know what right, I mean? I didn't yeah. look at TV guy. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's wild. I, I know a lot of the Hulk House shows and stuff I've seen, they kind of run together. But the first thing I ever seen him, you know, was the the, the snake pit, you know, and him getting the yeah. getting the ooze spit in his eyes. And then the, they did a tag match at the end. Um, and that's funny. And that ended up being my first Hulk match versus Killer Khan coming yeah. from that angle. Yeah. And they kind of and they didn't do a lot of it. Like it only ended up being certain markets that got Hulk and Khan. Um, right. But yeah, so but uh, there's he did a cage match here that I seen. Um, you know, I probably seen him ten times or so here. Uh, maybe a little less. He didn't. Uh, he didn't do the metal ends too uh, too much more after this. Uh, let me see. September eighty eight. This is Hulk is not back in the metal ends until SummerSlam eighty nine. Wow. Yeah, and then after that, he's not back again until two thousand two. Holy shit, yeah, so he wasn't around yeah. much, yeah. Yeah, not in the Meadowlands. But you've seen him at the Garden and other places as well. Sure, right? yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, wild, wild stuff. Um, As far as, like I said, I thought it was really good heat. Uh, I really liked the finish. Uh, I thought they worked really hard. I like Hulk with bad news. I thought they had pretty good chemistry. Um, it obviously, like, the positive... Hulk, Hulk- the positive. Hulk brought him in. He's, yeah, he, he was he was at home watching Florida Championship Wrestling, and uh, bad news was on, and uh, he, that he wanted he yeah you know, he needed his new heels, so he said, you know, Alan." He called Vince. He said, uh, "You know, give Alan a call. I'll yeah, work well with him." Yeah, and you could tell Hulk wanted to work. You know what I mean? He was working hard yeah. in there. Uh, he gave Alan some, sh- you know, gave him a chance to shine, get some shots in, uh, make it believable that he could beat Hulk. Sure. You know what I mean? Very believable. Yeah, very believable, and. And I, title not Hulk without the title, it takes a little bit of the umph away from being there. It and does, like being like, oh my god, a little bit, not yeah. much. Once the real American starts, you're all excited, but it takes a little, a little bit away from it. Yeah, and like Hulk's the champ, even when he's not the yeah. champ, he's the champ. You know what I mean? Like that's the. Mindset. And they weren't they they weren't feuding yet. Him and Bad News yet. He didn't say the stuff about Elizabeth uh, and the Brother Love Show yet. So it was just kind of just like a match. Right. Uh, thrown together, but the boss man stuff didn't start yet. That that angle was about to be shot uh, a few weeks after this. I'll give it a solid three and a half. A you know a really really strong, solid house show match. You know it's not like Morocco and Hogan from '85 or something like one of the top, no, no one of the top ones. But it's a really solid, you know, good house show. Um, you know, sell the t-shirts, pop the crowd, and get out of there at halftime. It's it's a solid one. So I'll give it three and a half, Dave. Yeah, um, yeah, I'll, I'll give it. Um, I'll pop it up to four just because I was there. Sure, that's but fair. Three and a yep. half. Yeah. yeah, three and a half, four is is I think a sweet spot for it. But yeah, it was fun to watch a different arena just to get a different look on the screen. Look like Philly you know? a little bit. right? Yeah, it did more, look like Philly more a little bit. Garden. That's a good yeah. point. Um, but just I like doing Dick, this. Without Dick Graham. Yeah, I want to do more of the different arenas, like. I don't think we've done Mass um, Maple Leaf Garden yet. We'll get to that. You know, I want to do all the main ones that had TVs at some point. Oh yeah. Um, so we can check uh, Meadowlands off the list. Uh, we've done yeah. we've done Spectrum. We've done MSG Meadowlands. Um, but those like we got to do Baltimore at some point. Whatever um, the not too many of those were televised. Or Washington, got, Washington, yeah, Washington, Washington. Yeah, Landover. That's Landover. the one. Yeah, Landover, yeah. Landover, Maryland. Which is essentially Washington, as opposed the to Baltimore, center. Maryland. Yeah, Cap Center. The Cap Center. Yeah. So yeah, we got to do that. Um, but we'll fit all those in. If you have a a house show in an arena we haven't done that we can watch that's televised, let us know. 
And we'll, yeah, they did, uh, also did some in Hamilton, Ontario. Yep, Toronto. There's a, there's a few more out there. Uh, Toronto, of course. Yep. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a few out there. Flo- oh, L- L.A. Sports Arena, all of 80. Yeah. Televised. You know what? Yeah. You know what one I really want to do? The one where they filmed the A-Team that night. Okay. I really I want to do that, that at some point. I don't think that one was televised. I think only the 88 ones were, Just though. all of 88? Well, we could still do yeah. the show if we can find the Hulk match. Yeah, yeah, might be able to find a match. Yeah, if it's like if it was maybe recorded for like a, um, you know, a a VHS tape or something like that. Right. Um, But we can look into that. Um, If not, eighty-eight will be fine just to get the arena represented. But all right, well, we still got some to do, Dave. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna have a guest uh, on the show, Ryan Gray from the North South Connection, gonna help us promote some stuff that we're doing on YouTube. Uh, Paul will be back. We'll answer some emails. She's got some classmates. We have some questions about the about Hulkamania, and uh, we'll announce what Hulkamania. we're going to do. I want to hear. I want to hear about Paulamania, Paul. We want to <laughs> know about more about that. And of course, Dave's going to announce what we're going to do for the fortieth episode of the twenty-four inch podcast. So let's take a break. Dun, dun, Get ready dun. for the beach. We'll be right back. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American Fight for what's right Fight for your Hey. 24-inch <laughs> podcast. We are back here with one final segment. Great yeah. show from the Meadowlands in New Jersey, or as I like to call I it. I am back. You're back? The I am back. The Brendan Byrne Arena, as I was saying. Uh, one last segment today. We have a friend joining us, Paula. Yes. Yes. We Ryan. have Ryan Gray is joining us from the North-South Connection and the producer Ooh. <laughs> of three by five with Steve Bennett. What's Ryan, going what's on, up, boys? buddy? What's up, Rock and Ryan? Good to hear Rockin', from you again. Rock and Ryan, I like it. But right. It's not as cool as Hollywood Dave, but I'll take it. Yeah, I'll right. take it. Yeah, <laughs> appreciate it. I'm doing well, boys. What's going on? Uh, not too much. Real quickly, a few plugs I want to mention. Don't forget, you can find this episode and all episodes of the 24 Inch Podcast on yes. our SoundCloud page, SoundCloud.com/sports-casters. You can email us. At two four inch pod, you can two four inch pod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at two four inch podcast. Um, what else do we got? Instagram, you can find us there. Facebook page, join us there. Dave's got a meme a day for you on that. Um, and don't forget to check out the Sportscasters pod in this same feed. And of course, three by five with Steve Bennett. We brought Ryan on, Ryan, because I wanted you to kind of help us plug everything we've been doing video wise. There's a uh, Dave made his debut to YouTube. We got three episodes at least of 3x5 up there. Uh, we've got um, different drafts I've done. Ryan, why don't you go through the, the 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 YouTube and where you can find it and what we've been doing in terms of the 24-inch podcast crew and what you guys are doing in general there. All 
Alrighty then. Yeah, ever since Dave came on, it's been weird. The 35 to 45 female demographic has gone through the roof. The analytics, <laughs> the analytics are saying uh, it's just outrageous. But, oh my uh, God, you're too kind. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we did a, a re- we didn't rewatch, but we discussed 1988 main event with Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan in that famous angle with drew what 33 million dollars uh 33 million viewers on nbc on a friday night dave damato bennett and i had like a 33 minute discussion about I got, it i gotta turn i gotta turn my uh, screen the right way the next time though <laughs> uh, yeah but it was uh I'm, i don't think you should like i said the demo was hot so the i demo was hot. okay I, I would stay stay steady with that but uh yeah that's doing really well on the <laughs> page uh, that's a part. That is just a part of the audio feed that we got going on at Cronoso. It's a monthly Cronoso where we go through WWE pay per views and Saturday night's main event, and we happen to land on that. So we do one segment a week, uh, one segment um, episode on YouTube. So of course we had to bring out the heavy hitters to discuss Hulk versus Andre, and then. Uh, what else we got? We got modern day pay per view previews on there. Right now we were in Money in the Bank season, so we had a every day this week. I and another no so member previewed a match on Money in the Bank. We uh, we got three by five every Tuesday, where Steve gives his top five lists of pop culture, sports, and wrestling, mostly involving Hulk Hogan, of course. Uh, what else we got going on? We just got a shitload of stuff going on. Check us out on Facebook, everywhere. Uh, subscribe on the YouTube. That's probably the biggest growth we've seen all of this year is the YouTube. And, uh, Steve, you had a pretty big part of that, so we thank you for that. Yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, Dave, I wanted to mention, I was watching the uh, YouTube version of that metal show, and they had Michael Anthony on as the guest from Van Halen, and he had his phone the way you did. So if it, <laughs> if, if it works for Michael Anthony, it works for you, Dave. I'll take it, man. I'll take it. Um, yep. But the next, before I forget, the next yeah. episode of Cardoso is WrestleMania Four. Mm. That is coming out uh, the second Sunday in July. Yes, we're I will have, be. We're gonna have some fun there. Yeah, we're gonna do some interviews, right? Some Mean Gene stuff. Yep, you got all the Mean Gene interviews, Hollywood Dave. So. All right. Uh, and I have Hogan Andre. I have Hogan yep. Andre. Yep. So, all right. Uh, emails. Let's get started. We got a bunch. Paul, you want to start with your first email? We'll go around the horn. Everyone will answer it. Just make sure you're talking into the microphone so people can hear you. You oh. need a, you need a second. Yeah. Okay, she needs a second. Dave, give us your first one. I know. Mine. Kevin Hogan and Nutley, guys. I realized that Bad News Brown was there when there was a lot of talent, and not everybody can be the guy. But do you think they could have done more with him? He was a legitimate badass, but his feuds with Hogan and Savage seemed short, at least based on my memory. What are your thoughts? All right, I'll go first. Uh, actually, uh, he had a, a pretty good run there. They, they put, he was always, they put him, uh, I think he dropped out there, but, um, they you're put fine. him with, going, you're fine. You're fine. Okay. Uh, they put him in, uh, main events with Hogan and Savage actually at the same time, almost running, uh, through, um, from September of 88 all the way. Uh, I, he was still feuding with Savage. Even after Savage turned, turned heel, he still had a few matches with bad news on the house shirts. Circuit seconds, uh, circuit. So he was uh, getting that main event pay. Then even when Hogan regained the title, he was still working with Hogan in '89 and main events. So you're getting that main event pay, brother. And then uh, you know you had a big feud with Jake. You know what I mean? A little lackluster there, but um, you know uh, he he had a nice run. And I guess it just it just uh, 
you know, ran its course like like everybody else. You know, people people come and go, but um, definitely uh, one of my all time favorite heels, a legit badass, no doubt. Uh, I know Peter Winston loves bad news Brown, right? If he's listening to this, and uh, God, I, I, yeah, I think they could have done a little more, like like uh, if they still had the TNT show or if primetime studio audience show was still around, or it wasn't around yet, actually, if Bad News was still around for that, I think they could have done some really funny funny stuff with him, you know, with him getting all pissed off and everything. I remember he used to say he used to walk uh, from Harlem to Madison Square Garden. But I think he, I think he had a, uh, a nice little run there. All, all the guys get a little upset, you know, when, when their, their run ends and the money ends, of course. But, uh, guys, what do you think? I went a little long there. <laughs> I didn't mind him. I, I, I kind of liked his work. Um, I thought they did all right with him. I thought his run was adequate. I do know he was notoriously difficult backstage and really was demanding about what he thought he was worth and how much he should earn. Um, and I think that may have alienated him with Vince a little bit. There was never enough money for bad news, I think. Um, kind of almost like a Jackie on the, on the Howard Stern show. You know, always wanted that Hogan money, even though he wasn't Hogan. He was... Jackie and Jackie wasn't Howard. He was Jackie, but I liked him. Paula, what'd you think of uh, Bad News Brown? Were you a Bad News fan? Uh, no, you don't like Bad News. Why not? I just don't like him. He's Bad News. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. What about you, Paul, Ryan? Paula wants good news. Ryan, what about uh, you? I think he was. I think he was used in a role, and he just filled that role, and he excelled in that role. Like, think about it. When Bret Hart won, they want to test Bret Hart as a singles. Who they throw him in there with for two months? Bad News Allen. Or Bad News Brown, excuse yeah. me. So uh, I think he played the role. He was a foil to Hulk and Andre, like Dave said. And, savage. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, so excuse me, yeah. Savage and uh, Hulk. And I don't know. He, I just felt that whatever they threw him into, he delivered it. I don't what, – what, what is he going to – What's he? he's like moderate – what is he, Bob Hawley? Just give me the belt and I'm going to beat everyone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, that kind of was his attitude. Paul, up, there in a, up there in age a bit too at the time. Paul, so, you, and also, he was a small, he was a big fish in a small pond in Calgary or wherever he came from. Yeah. Right, so. yeah, he had a big career in Calgary. Paula, what do you what do you got? You got one? You ready for one? Yep. All right, talk right into that mic, though. This is from Hazel. She wanted to be first. Okay, Hazel from Ohio Elementary here in North Tonawanda. <laughs> uh, Hazel, that was my instinct. Yeah, what does she want to know about 80s wrestling? What was your favorite wrestling boots? Favorite wrestling boots. Okay. I feel like we've had this one before, but that's okay. I'm going to still go with the Sheiky Baby's boots with the curled toes that he would load with a devastating foreign object to knock out his opponents. Rest in peace to Sheiky Baby. But Hazel, I'm going to go with those as my favorite boots. Dave? I can't remember what I said last time, but this time in my head is those all-important patent leather boots, brother, that the Hulkster gave Hillbilly Jim. Oh, those are good so we boots. Can't forget about that. Gorilla Monsoon made sure we knew about it every time Hillbilly was in the ring, too. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, do you got a favorite pair of boots? Yeah, what comes to mind is the classic Ric Flair's, the classic Ooh. R, oh, the classic yeah. F. R and, the of course, F. they match his trunks and they match his robe. So, woo! Style it and profile it. And it started with the boots, baby. Hulks. Oh, Paul, yeah. you going with Hulks? All right. They're just so cool. The nice yellow ones, right? Yeah. we saw. I saw them at Madison Square Garden. They got a display there with his boots from WrestleMania 1. All right. You got another one, or you want me to read Lucas's? I got another one. Oh. Oh, hold on, Paul. Paul, you got one? Yes, Aubrey. Aubrey. Okay, speaking of that, let's hear what Aubrey has to say. What was your favorite wrestling part? My favorite wrestling what? 
What was your favorite wrestling match? Oh, my favorite match of all time, Ryan. Why don't you start us, buddy? Favorite wrestling oh. match. We talking 80s here? You throw out whatever you want, man. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Ooh. That's a tough one. It's There's so many to pick from. Uh, I would have to say, though... Hmm. Put me on the spot there. All right, we'll come uh, back to you. I'll start because I know what it is. It's a no doubter. It's been my favorite match since March 29th, 1987. Uh, Ricky Steamboat and Randy Savage for the Intercontinental title, WrestleMania three. No question in my mind. That's my number one by a large margin. Dave? I'm on the same uh, page as you at, for the event, Hogan Andre by far. WrestleMania 3, March 29th, 87. But I got to give honorable mention for Hogan Rock in WrestleMania 18 because I just went insane. Great match. And, it was, yep. and the, at, the atmosphere, I was at a, you know, with a party with a bunch of people. I was an adult by then. It was just, it had that feel. So that's a honorable mention for Hogan Rock. But it's, of course, it's Hogan Andre in WrestleMania 3. And that's my uh, number two. Uh, Paul, uh, Ryan's got his. What do you got, Ryan? Yeah, I'm, I'm a, we're, we're, since we're going, to, this is a nostalgic podcast, so I'm going to go nostalgia here. I'm going to go back to sophomore year of high school, WrestleMania 17, Rockin' Austin. Is it the best match I've ever seen? No, but it scratches my nostalgia niche. I remember going in, watching that pay-per-view. My father still had a box TV. Like, that thing was hanging on, but we still watched it on the box TV that was 1,000 pounds laying on the ground. And I remember going to high school the next morning, the next week, or well, the next day, excuse me, going to high school and seeing my name on that varsity baseball uh, letter or oh, piece of made paper saying made I made varsity team. baseball nice. right before there. All so, right. Uh, scratch that nostalgia itch. Rock and Hogan, WrestleMania 17. That bloody brawl. That was a rock fight. Man. Ryan, I was a four-year varsity uh, athlete in hockey, just so you know. Uh, well, I was a four-year football varsity player, buddy. Baseball, only three. What do you want me to say? Paula, do you got a favorite match? What are you throwing out? Scary Sherry and Sweet Sapphire. That's, <laughs> That's your favorite match? Sapphire didn't even show up. There, yeah, it's so funny. That's why I like it. All right. Good answer. I like that. That might be the only the only uh, answer for that question in any podcast history. That was funny. That was good. <laughs> All right. Our boy Lucas Calhoun, he says. Lucas Calhoun. Listening to the latest podcast had me thinking when you brought up a Hulkster Versus Skinner match, and who would have been an interesting non-traditional opponent for the Hulkster? I always thought that a Hogan versus dangerous Danny Davis match on Saturday night's main event would have been fun, especially since Davis still had a ton of heat after WrestleMania 3. You could have had Jimmy and the Hart Foundation on the outside of the ring to make it more of an even matchup until Hulk drops the leg to end Danny's winning streak and then move him to that jobber to the stars role. Who is someone that you guys would have liked to see the Hulkster wipe out? Keep up the good work, and Hulkamania will never die, Lucas. All right, Dave, you can start us on this one. Oh boy, who who didn't he wipe out? Yeah, who's <laughs> left? Who's left on the list? Oh, the can... warrior? That jabroni, the ultimate idiot. I, well, was, uh, we're not going to count WCW. That you know that wasn't really. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that was a catastrophe. Uh, Goldberg. Okay. I think he's looking for kind of more jabronis, though, right? Like, he's thinking more of the Skinner. Okay, Ryan. Oh, yes, all right. Okay. Let me think while Ryan goes. All right. This one popped. As soon as I heard the question, this guy popped directly in my head. The Repo Man. Mm, (laughs) Good one. Uh, I got somebody. It's it's not really – it's not a jabroni. Okay. But I think he could have pulled off a few garden uh, – 
a few garden months without La Ron Bass. Okay, I Maybe, like that. Yeah, okay. yeah. A little hoss fight. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I got one. What about Doink? What about Hulk sticking up for the the Hulkamaniac? They actually being... wanted they wanted to do that for WrestleMania Nine. There's, there's I was just gonna bring that up. Hollywood. Yeah, 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 I like but... that idea. I like Doink. He, he didn't want to work with uh, with Matt Bourne. I don't think. Kinda, yeah, I heard he is a dick. I know it's yeah, that doesn't work for me, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. What's who you got, Paula? I'm guessing. I know it's a girl, but he would decode to wipe out. Okay. Scary Sherry. <laughs> you want Hulk to just beat the crap out of a female on TV, huh? That's happened a few times. <laughs> I was going to say, that's yeah, not over. I think, yeah, the whole Meadowlands Arena saw our butt yeah, in uh, that, SummerSlam 89. Yeah. yeah. The camera turned the wrong way, though. Scary, <laughs> scary Sherry. All right, I like it. Paul's got her mind on Scary Sherry tonight because we were watching SummerSlam 90 earlier where we play in Trivial Pursuit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when when she was getting counted, uh, she could show. at least come out in her, in her wrestling attire. She could, she could come out in her, in, her, in her manager attire, like you knew that you knew the match wasn't going to happen. Uh, all right, <laughs> yeah. Dave, you got another one. Uh, Tim Mangione. Timmy, That's, all right. This, uh, you, you, uh, Steve, you might not even know about this one, but uh, Tim says, "Good job as always." So the WCW had the Hummer storyline, then it just vanished. Who, in your opinion, was driving the Hummer? And yes, CM Punk is still garbage. I agree there. He always updates and, us on that. Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa. <laughs> and, um, uh, well, I think that uh, Bischoff, uh, nobody knows because the storyline got, got dropped. Is this 2000? Uh, 99. Because uh, this Bischoff, right when he got fired from, from his role as executive vice president, is when the Hummer storyline got dropped. I think Bischoff has gone on to say he wanted to turn Hulk back into Hollywood after that little red and yellow nostalgia run they had in August of 99. So Luger was trying to – I was actually at the Nassau Coliseum when Luger came out and showed a picture of Hogan of uh, Hogan standing next to the Hummer. So I think it was either going to be Hogan or Luger, one or the other, because they were both blaming each other. The, uh, and then – but as oh. Ryan said, they did bring the angle back in 2000 when, when Bischoff came back, and that time it was Bischoff hitting Hogan with the Hummer. So we actually saw him do, uh, doing it. Well, the, uh, but the, yeah, uh, the whole Hogan or Luger is is my opinion. The only wrestling Hummer angle I know anything about kept me from attending WrestleMania 18. So that's all I got on that. Marty Jannetty tells a good story about wrestling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I heard he does. Ryan, you, you got anything you want to add to that? I think if it, uh, let's go scenario C, Brother Brunei, of course. Ah, I love day. it. <laughs> Disciple, Zodiac, whatever we want to go with. <laughs> that popped me there, man. That would be good. I mean, that would have been bad, but good. You know? Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going with uh, realistic slash sarcasm. There was, uh, Kevin Nash was in the limo, by the way, Steve. So you know who, who was being attacked. Oh, okay. Got it. Murdered. Dave, Dave, do we have one from uh, any Pearl Jam questions from my Pearl Jam friend there? No, 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 nothing. Nothing from Jamie this week. Oh, no, Jamie. Okay, are you tapped? I'm tapped, brother. All right, Paul, you got one more? <laughs> more ways than one. <laughs> Paul has two more. All right, we can do two more. These are the ones that I want to be the... Um, from your show. cousins? No, not cousins. Oh, okay. Still schoolmates? Yeah. Oh, we're popular in this school. All right, who we got? <laughs> we want Ryan and... Ryan... First. Okay, Ryan's first. first. All right. Because what's your favorite shorts? Your favorite, like, shorts that they wear? Okay. Took them out. 
Do they have to be shorts? Could they be any pants? Anything they wear on yeah, the bottom? Okay. Anything. All right. I will go with the British Bulldogs pants with the Union Jack on the butt. Um, I like them in red pants with the with the white um, one. I would go with that. That probably be my answer, Dave. You know, I'm not a fan of this wrestler, but I was at this time when he was a bad when he first turned into a bad guy. I always liked Shawn Michaels first uh, his gear with those the way he had those like ski boots. He had that kind of eighties like, rocker rock look to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I always liked. I'm not a fan of the guy, but uh, oh back then, back then I was. But, Paula. Um, oh, sorry. Dave. Yeah, so I'll go, I'll go there. Okay, yeah. Paula. Yeah. You got an answer or no? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Um, my favorite were Hulk's kind of like because they're like all yellow and like kind of like sticks out to the like sand kind of. Yeah, it pops right. And that red and yellow is iconic. All right, uh, Ryan, what do you got? Uh, I'd probably go with Triple H. Tr- his, like his oh, trunks. Oh no! What? <laughs> yeah, come on, bro. That, like that uh, ruthless aggressive trunks with like the red and the the purple. Yeah, no, like, no, blue. Never I'll seen go them. Triple right. H trunks always pop for those. What was that? The, the Reign of Terror? Is that what they called that? I was still watching. It yeah, it's the only thing yeah. I had going for him at the time. No, well, never no. seen him. No. I was still in and out. Like, All right, Paul, what do you got? One more. Okay, who we got now? I do not want to say this, but Emmy. Emmy? All right. Hi, Emmy. What does Emmy want to know? All the girls in the girl groups. Oh, she's in the girl group? Yeah. Is she in the mean girls or the nice girls? Mean girls. Oh, no. All right, Emmy. Well, you better shape up your attitude or I'll have to come in class and hide your glue stick. Go ahead, Paula. She can't be that mean if she got a question for 24 inch pocket. True, that's Paula. true. Well, she's uh. a heel, I guess. <laughs> yeah, oh, she's okay. a heel. So a heel yeah. question. Yeah. She said. Who's your favorite heel? Yes. <laughs> of course, that would be her question. Who, who's your favorite heel? Because the bad guy likes the bad guys. Dave, you got a favorite heel? Oh, it's Hollywood Hogan, brother. Hollywood Hogan. Paula, tell Dave your beef with Hollywood Hogan. What don't you like about Hollywood Hogan? I hate his baldness. And his, his what? <laughs> his beard. She hates the black beard. Oh, the beard. Oh, the baldness. Yeah, no, she hates that Yeah, sometimes beard. it did, sometimes it did look stupid. He's not like bald Hulk. So. Especially when he... Uh, <laughs> He would shave his mustache down a bit uh, for different movie roles, and he would still have the black beard. He looked, he looked really weird. <laughs> All right, Ryan, who's your favorite heel? My favorite heel when I was a kid was the Macho King, Randy. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Oh, not not the Macho Man, the Macho King. The Macho King. The I Macho love, King stands out. Okay. I love the throne. Yeah. I love the, I love the aura. I love the ambiance. I loved it. Macho King was And Sherry? Paula's wrestler scary, of the night. Sherry, yeah. of course. Yeah. And then later on, I love Degeneration X HBK. Okay, I like. I like. I like X. that. Ver- I like that version. Uh, the first one with China and Rick Rude. Yeah, I them. like the um, the uh, tag team. What were they called? The uh, New Age Outlaws. New Age Outlaws. Yeah, I like that. Oh, yeah. oh like you Jerry, didn't know? Yeah. At that time, I wasn't that. Jerry, yeah, that Jerry, it wasn't. What's that other? Hold on, Paul. You're giving your favorite heels. Mm-hmm. Okay, who you got? Jerry, Sherry, and Andre. Scary Sherry and Andre. Well, Andre's a good one. Okay, Andre's a good one. Very good one. Yeah, uh, my favorite heel, I got to go Heart Foundation Tag Team. Uh, the one that took the belts from from the British Bulldogs, Bulldogs. and then, you know, had their run kind of with Davis. Two and... beating in one, like Jim Carrey says. No, Phil Collins. Well, I, I want to add, add to this real quick. Like, of course, yeah. my favorite heel's got to be Hollywood Hogan. Right. I mean, yeah. when, I was a little, when I was a little kid, I liked all the good guys, but two bad guys I liked. And one was Brother Brudeye. Brutus Beefcake, I just thought he looked cool. And then Bret Hart, he looked cool. 
and and they both turned good. One at WrestleMania three and one at WrestleMania four. So those those are the only two bad guys I liked as a you know as like a seven year old six seven year old kid. Yeah, six six or seven year old you was pretty rough with the brother brood eye. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I didn't like you know I kind of when he became the barber I liked him less and all that he looked like kind of like you know fruity. I mean I don't want to sound you know whatever I don't mean it that way. But fruitcake, fruitcake, fruit yeah, 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 yeah. I don't mean it that way. But you know it was just like eh, he don't look so, so cool anymore. You know he used to have the slick hair and those. Big arm, iron, metal armbands and all look kind of cool. Yeah. Dave, do you want to announce the show next time? Next time, we're going to go in a summer vibe because uh, the 40th summer is episode, too. 40th the episode. Inc- in a 40th, ep- 40th episode. The match that should have happened at WrestleMania 8, Hulk Hogan against Ric Flair. And I know what your listeners are saying right now. You're saying you guys just did Hogan versus Ric Flair. Well, we did a house show at Madison Square Garden. This is a big pay-per-view with the ambiance around it, the celebrities, the match is very good. This is probably the match that would have, the way it would have looked at WrestleMania 8 if it happened there. So we're going to go take it to Orlando, Florida, July 17th, 1994, Orlando Arena. We're going to do a rare WCW bash at the beach, 1994. Our second ever WCW show, we want to do something special for the 40th, so I said to Dave, Pick out a WCW show you want me to watch that you want to do. And he said he thought I might like this one and one more, which we'll save to do next time we want to do a WCW show. But I'm looking forward to watching it. I'm sure there's a lot of guys uh, from from my era that I love the most in WWF who are over there now, I'm sure, many of the matches. Yeah, you got a, you got a, you got a Steamboat Austin match. Right? Yeah, and Stone Cold, who's, of course, oh, yeah. is one of my favorite um, wrestlers of the Attitude while well, my Favorite wrestler of the Attitude Era, definitely. Oh, without a Austin. doubt. Yeah, without, without yeah. a question. And I still probably would rank him in my top well, 10 at least. Yeah, I like Jericho too, but I, I, I might have to give Austin a slight advantage. Who do you like, baby? John Cena. John, well, yeah, John Cena is even later than Attitude. And I love John Cena. I mean, John Cena is definitely in my top five probably, so. Yeah, yeah, sure. After the Thugonomics version, I didn't like that version of. I don't know that I really seen much of that because that was one thing that helped me with. um, I think loving Cena was I really never seen him work much until the network came out. You know what I mean? So you're talking like when he's in title run, like fourteen, fifteen, like in that around there. So I didn't have the fatigue that a lot of fans had with him. You know, his stuff was fresh to me, and I just... He would have been, if there was a he, different different day and age, he would have been just like a Bruno and a Hogan if, he, if there wasn't so many pay-per-views and so yeah. much stuff nowadays. Yeah, he, he had, definitely had it. Has it. Well, Still. you got something else to say, Paula? Mm, yeah. What's that? Um, you got to speak in the mic, though. Well, um... Next episode... Yeah. Andre and Hogan are joining. They're going to be on the show. Andre and Hogan. Unbelievable. Maybe <laughs> Hogan one day. And you never know. Man. And face man. <laughs> and um, the guy who said face is going to pick. Mr. T. <laughs> wow. Two members of the A-team and the main event of WrestleMania 3 on this show next time. Holy moly. Can't wait. That's well, going to be awesome. They're toys. Then. Oh, the toys. Oh, okay. Well, the toys. Well, All right. LJN. Oh. Two LJNs. Yeah. Two, I don't even know what they're called. Right. Well, good thing it's not Hannibal because our Hannibal only has one arm. Yes. Yeah. But our Mr. <laughs> T and our face man are fine, right? Yeah. Oh, the, the, the Mr. T head falls off. We had to do surgery sometimes. Yes. 
All right. Um, Ryan, thanks so much for joining us. Make sure you check out all the stuff that Ryan um, and North yes. South Connection are doing on yeah. YouTube. And uh, Ryan, of course, is the producer of 3 by 5 with Steve Bennett. Um, and make sure you check out that every single Tuesday at 10 o'clock a.m. We'll have a new episode up. Um, and Ryan and I also have a really cool idea for a tier maker. If you remember, I was doing those back at WrestleMania season. We're going to do one with 80s title changes. Um, that will be up soon as well. All right, Paul, you want to get us out of here? Yes. All right. All right, man. We only have one thing left to do. Take your vitamins. And tell your friends about the 24 inch podcast. Rock and Ryan, brother. (laughs) Thanks, guys. All right. Good talking to you.